chat GPT, does it create a privacy risk? And does it create a privacy risk similar to other AI technologies? Well, that's an interesting question indeed. And chat GPT is a hot thing. Everyone is talking about chat GPT and AI. So why not talk about chat GPT today and also understand a new technology that is in the market from a person who is specialist in this and the name is Patricia Thane, who's also the CEO of a company called Private AI, an interesting innovative company. So let's go and talk to her and learn about ChatGPT, the risks it creates, how can those risks be mitigated by companies and individuals, and what does Private AI do? Hello, and welcome to the Fit for Privacy podcast with Punit Bhatia. This is the podcast for those who care about their privacy. Here, your host, Punit Bhatia, has conversations with industry leaders about their perspectives, ideas, and opinions relating to privacy, data protection, and related matters. Be aware that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not legal advice. Let us get started. So here we are with Patricia. Patricia, welcome to Fit for Privacy podcast. Thank you, Punit. Such a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure indeed. And let's start with a quick question. When you think of the GDPR, what's the one word that comes to your mind? Revolutionary. Revolutionary. That's very true. And mm -hmm. you want to elaborate on that? Absolutely. Uh, what in multiple ways it's revolutionary uh one way in particular it made a bunch of technology that was absolutely necessary be created in order uh for compliance to be possible and there's still even more technology in the works to make it possible uh the second one is companies had to take stock of what kind of data they actually had and basically many revolutions internally in anybody that took it that took it seriously because they needed to um, recreate their data understanding, data processing um, processes. And uh, that made complete chaos in certain organizations turn into order. That's very true. And one of the technologies that's creating a bit of chaos these days or conversation these days is chat GPT. Mm -hmm. You heard of that as well, right? Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid question, but sometimes it allows you to connect. And what are your views on ChatGPT then? Because there are a lot of views in the market, positive, negative, scary, and all that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the technology to make ChatGPT possible has been around for a few years now. Um, it, it's nice that now with the user interface, people have more access uh, to that technology worldwide. Uh, is it scary? Uh, I, th I think it really depends what ends up what it ends up being used for. Um, I think we're having very good conversations around responsible AI. Um, I wouldn't say the technology itself for ChatGPT is uh, particularly um, scary compared to other technologies uh, that are out there. Um, but it, yeah, it, it really depends how you use it. Some some concerns might be, for example. Uh, creating malicious code with it or, uh, you know, tricking uh, people into believing uh, certain information. But uh, that has already been happening uh, without the technology as well. Uh, this does make it a little bit more efficient. 
Absolutely. Technology by itself is agnostic. It's what we make the technology do that creates the risk. Mm -hmm. But here we are also talking about technology learning it by itself and then being more independent. But more importantly, the question is, does chat GPT create a privacy risk? And how does it create a privacy risk? Sure, uh, it, it, it does uh, in a few ways. So you, it, not necessarily just ChatGPT itself, but any large language model that you're sending um, conversational data to, uh, when you're having a conversation with a chatbot, you might not be thinking uh, about what kind of information you're including. Uh, and that can include things like uh, passwords and usernames. That could include things like your address. Um, but uh, it could also include co confidential information from a corporation. And uh, I think there are really positive steps being taken to reduce the privacy risk uh, of these uh, various large language models when you are uh, sending your data to them. Uh, however, con both consumers and companies have to be uh, very aware of what kind of information they're sending to what kind of system. And that, that's pretty complicated because if you have a system that says uh, they're deleting your data once once it's sent to them, uh, for example, uh, do they have the right security in place? You, you as a consumer don't really have uh, much insight into that. You can't go and ask them for uh, their cybersecurity practices. Uh, so it can, it can get quite tricky uh, to figure out the privacy of these. Curious about what it is. It's absolutely true, but as you said, chat GPT is part of it and there are other technologies. So let's maybe if we look at it a little bit more broadly, uh, let's say the AI technology as a broad sense of AI again is quite uh, complex in just to say just AI. But are the risks similar to what are in context of AI or in context of chat GPT? the risks are different? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So I, I think the risks are fair. It, it, it really depends on because AI can encompass so many different things. It could be AI can introduce physical risk as well, right? If, uh, if you're talking about um, uh, uh, drones or if you're talking about uh, uh, surveillance on the street, uh, automatic surveillance on the street, that's that's also a different kind of risk than uh, chat GPT risk. Um, the kind of risk that you might be concerned about with chat GPT are uh, one, when you're, you know, one, what data was used to train the models um, and was any of the data that you may not have exclusively given the rights to uh, a company to use for this purpose was it used in the training data. Uh, and there is currently a lawsuit against uh, OpenAI regarding uh, the copyright of the information uh, that they trained on. Uh, that, uh, however, if they did train on, for example, citizen uh, EU citizens' data uh, without their consent uh, for this purpose, that does uh, raise, raise concerns around the GDPR. Um, hopefully they put some constraints in place when they were training that removed the personal information uh, before doing so. Um, the second concern is if you are fine tuning the model uh, for a particular purpose for, within an organization, for example, with customer data, uh, you do have to be concerned about what kind of access controls you have around the model uh, that if you are training it with personal data. So 
the same access controls that you had with the original data have to be in place for the model that was trained on that data because it can uh, spew out that personal information in production. And then the other privacy concern is when you are sending uh, your data to a third party, uh, period, there is, that's the same privacy concern that you'd have for uh, any scenario where you're sending the same kind of information you're sending to ChatGPT. And I think the biggest concern from an individual perspective is most people, I mean, we in privacy are usually more aware of what's the risk, what's happening, who is getting the data. From a layman perspective, ChatGPT or any AI technology is so fascinating that they tend to use it and they don't realize what's the complexity and the risk behind it. For example, just if we take, say, Zoom or Teams or anything, now these are offering and many other websites are offering let's transcribe your meeting mm -hmm. and what they do is they'll find the link okay punit and patricia are in that meeting and they are talking and they then what model punit's voice is this patricia's voice is this then i'm with somebody you are with someone else and then they keep that record and over time they are able to identify what's you and then what they do is they profile us profile us what's our background what are what's our ethnicity uh, how do we speak? And then they make models saying this people coming from this more kind of background speak like this. And then they train the AI to become more efficient and more accurate. Now, from a perspective of improving that AI technology to do better transcription, that's good. But from the perspective of uh, generalizing, that's also okay. But if you're going to use it the next time I'm on another device and you're sharing that data, and they recognize it's Punit or Patricia, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize because they see uh, most uh, businessmen who are entrepreneurs and who have to do the transcriptions, they say, oh, nice. I go to this app, pay nine euros a month. I can get as many transcriptions as possible. All my minutes are transcribed. All my meetings are transcribed. I have recorded evidence, written evidence, but that's where the risk is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh yeah, the, the data sharing aspect of it from whether you're sharing models or whether you're sharing the raw data is definitely a concern. Yeah, and then if we go technical or contractual, where is that data going to who, to which country? And then it gets complex, but maybe let's not scare people with uh, all these risks because everyone, at least in our fields, knows it. The question is, there are two, uh, two broad entities who are impacted. One is the companies, and they need to mitigate those risks. Mm -hmm. And the second is the individual. So let's take them one by one and see how can companies and individuals mitigate risk and starting with companies. If I'm a company operating in any field, any industry, and of course I would love to use AI. I would love to use ChatGPT because it makes life simple and mm -hmm. nothing against technology, but how do I mitigate as a company or what measures do I put to mitigate these risks? Yeah, uh, there, there are a few. It really depends on, uh, of course, which models you're using, what services you're using. Uh, one, make sure that the services that you are using either deploy within your environment or deploy within a secure infrastructure. Two, if they are, if, even if they are deployed either within your environment or within a secure infrastructure, it's still, uh, very good to limit the amount of personal information that you are sharing uh, with uh, the the service because you want to limit the uh, the the uh, 
extent to which that information is shared within the organization, period. Uh, so there are methods for removing the personal information and still making these services very useful. And then uh, in addition to that, um, make sure that you know, the security is in place. There's no privacy without security. Make sure that there are, there are frequent security checks. Make sure that your, your, um, your, scanner, is a, your scanner for the services is a good uh, cybersecurity scanner. Um, and make sure that your, your employees are properly trained uh, on the best ways to use AI. And I, I think there's still a big uh, question mark around how to measure risk. Um, there's a huge conversation going on about uh, what kind of risk should we even uh, consider for these systems. And we're just at the beginning of what that's going to look like. And eventually that'll likely make its way uh, towards legislation. Uh, but we can look at um, information from uh, or, or um, we can look at regulations from uh, automated decision systems uh, from previous legislations that might say uh, make sure that you are um, maintaining the right da uh, true data uh, that is actually reflective of reality. Um, make sure that you give the users a right to view what kind of data you're storing on them and correct any information uh, that they have. Uh, that kind of those kinds of uh, indications can give guidance as to what organizations can do as well. And then, as an individual, uh, always look at the settings. If you can, uh, always see if you can remove the right for sharing your data with a third party. Um, always see if uh, there's uh, they're storing your data within their servers for how long they're storing the data for what purposes. Um, and one uh, good one good way of doing it is going to their privacy policy and control effing for data and seeing what shows up. Uh, you don't have to read through the entire thing. I think very well said. Uh, you said almost the entire GDPR. Look where it is deployed from a company perspective. Limit the personal information. Limit the purposes. Make sure it's secure. Train your staff and monitor the risk. I think that's what we say in the GDPR that must be done. And that's what is also essential for being a responsible or accountable company, whether it's responsible in AI, responsible in privacy or ethical. And from user's perspective, you're saying, go out, read the privacy notice, get a sense of what they are doing, and also look at the settings, because a lot of times settings give you means to have some sort of control, maybe not as much as we want, but enough mm -hmm. control. And uh, with all this, uh, where does this your company private AI fit in? Hmm. Yeah, so in a few ways. Uh, what we do at Private AI is identify and remove personal information across multiple types of data, text, audio, images, documents, and uh, doing so uh, across 49 different languages. So it allows you to, allows an organization to reduce risk and also identify risk in the first place. Uh, and where we fit in is in reducing the, for example, the amount of personal information that's going to data science teams or crossing the boundaries within an organization or before it reaches a third party API uh, or uh, there are so many different um, use cases. Also for trading machine learning models without the personal information uh, being memorized by those models. And then on the flip side, uh, a lot of the times when you want to make a privacy assessment, uh, when you want to um, identify what the damage was from a cybersecurity breach, you need something really accurate to do so. And 
uh, you need something that's multimodal. And we have basically the best technology in the world to do that. Um, on the consumer side, we do have also a private GPT that we uh, recently launched. So it allows you to uh, communicate with ChatGPT uh, while preserving uh, user privacy. So as the name says, it's basically the private artificial intelligence for that company. Is that the right uh, way of saying it? Sorry? Is that the right way of saying it, private AI for the company? Yes, that, that that's right. So we we enable uh, private AI. Well, our name is private AI and we enable pri privacy preserving AI as well. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you also do then, because you do the identity reduction and replacement, and then you make the PII, which is pseudonymized or anonymized or reduce the risk by de-identifying it? Is that? Yeah, all of the above. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. Uh, so you can, the interesting thing is that it's, uh, when you think about the kind of data that you're sharing, um, it really depends on the type of data to, with regards to the extent that you might want to de-identify. So you might want to um, completely anonymize the data if it's medical information, for example. But if it is you having a customer service call with um, someone about a vacuum cleaner you purchased, you might not really care if somebody knows who what your identity is, but you will definitely care if you're sharing your credit card number, for example. So you at that point, your the de-identification can be reduction of the key elements that might get you uh, into uh, trouble through identity theft, for example. Uh, so I think that's something that um, data protection regulations uh, don't always uh, take into account, which is uh, complex and interesting to think about. Yeah. And one of the use cases that we are always talking about, positive use case of AI, is let's say I have a production environment. In that, I will have a lot of customer data, and that's sensitive, and that I should not use for other purposes. And now I want to do testing mm -hmm. or acceptance of new environments, new products, which I'm going to launch. And there, if I use a dump off, which has been the case for last 30 years or so on in IT, to use that data. And now we are having this new concept of synthetic data, that is, you artificially generate data based on the data set in production. So essentially you replace Patricia with Jennifer and Punit with Tom and so on and so forth. So that you make data completely unrecognizable and even some of the other elements in a systematic way. So mm -hmm. the private AI also does that, the generation of synthetic data? Yeah, we do generation of synthetic PII specifically. Uh, mm -hmm. For fully synthetic data, um, there, there are some very good companies that do this. Uh, the, the way to think about it is if you don't have enough data for a particular use case, uh, you would like to, you generally want to create uh, fully synthetic data to complement that data set. Uh, what we find is that a lot of the times companies have enough data, they want to take advantage of the uh, full extent of the context of that data. For example, mm -hmm. it might be customer service calls about a particular product or uh, it might be chats with their own customers or anything like that. They might have a ton of that data and they what they want to do is reduce the risk of sharing that data with mm -hmm. their testing teams. Um, and that's where synthetic PII makes sense. So they're, they're complementary solutions for different problems. Sure. 
And when I was uh, going through your website, I read that you're offering your product or solution for free for non not for profit organizations. Is that true? Uh, yes, yes, that is true. Uh, as long as it's for, as long as they're not uh, selling it, uh, and yeah. it's for their own uh, their own uh, nonprofit purposes, uh, that is true. Uh, we we do offer that for um, uh, research purposes for yeah, helping the nonprofit accomplish uh, various goals like data acquisition. Uh, for for example, de-identifying uh, sources. If you're a journalist. Uh, there, there are lots of good use cases in the nonprofit world. Sure. No, that's a very good thing. Uh, yeah, we also offer training to not-for-profit, usually at a very reduced cost. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing to contribute to the society. Uh, now, if based on this conversation, someone would say, let's contact Patricia, or we want to know more about private AI, what's the best way? Yeah. Uh, to know more about private AI, I'd recommend going on the website. It's private-ai.com. Uh, to contact me, please uh, do so at private uh, at patricia at private-ai.com, uh, or contact me on LinkedIn or on Twitter uh, at private NLP. That's good. It was wonderful to have you and have this interesting conversation about private AI, chat GPT, and the AI world. So thank you so much for your time. And it was wonderful to have you. Wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thanks for listening. If you liked the show, feel free to share it with a friend and write a review. If you have already done so, thank you so much. And if you did not like the show, don't bother and forget about it. Take care and stay safe. Fit for Privacy helps you to create a culture of privacy and manage risks by creating, defining, and implementing a privacy strategy that includes delivering scenario-based training for your staff. We also help those who are looking to get certified in CIPPE, CIPM, and CIPT through on-demand courses that help you prepare and practice for certification exam. Want to know more? Visit www.fitforprivacy.com. That's www.fit the number four, privacy.com. If you have questions or suggestions, drop an email at hello at fitforprivacy.com. Until next time, goodbye.